Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. I believe that. Uh, last week, I talked about how God gives himself different Hebrew names and his description of who he is really benefits us. And we're in this series that we just started last week called uh, Yahweh. And we're talking about the biblical names of God and the description of who God is. We've been talking about El Shaddai. Uh, last week we talked God All-Powerful. We're going to talk about Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shama, Jehovah uh, Rohi. And each of the Lord's name is a description of his character. And each name is also a declaration of his commitment to his people. God does everything that his name declares. And his name reveals God's identity. Divine names in the Bible are integral to who God is. And so I want us to catch that today as I minister on Jehovah Rapha meaning God is my healer. God is my healer. So let's pray as we get ready to dive into this message. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that heals. You will heal every pain and every hurt and everything even in our past. God, you're the healer. And God, the present and the future, you are the healer of our soul, of our mind, of our emotion, of our mental state, of our physical things that are going on in our life. You're the healer today. So open up our hearts to the word. Remove every distraction because I know there's so many things on the minds of people today. But help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. I pray today, God, that you'd anoint my voice and that the people would hear the voice behind the voice. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. So if I can ask you a question today, you don't have to, well, you can if you want to raise your hand, but how many have ever broken a bone before? Anybody broken a bone? How many have broken several bones before? Wow. Right, we need to pray for healing today. How many of you uh, have ever had stitches, you know? It's a few things. You've, you got cut somewhere or whatever it might have been or had surgery. Anybody ever had surgery? Anybody got a knife wound? Wow, okay. I'm not talking about a dark alley. I'm just talking about a, no, okay. How many gunshot wound? Man, that was, a, wow, a couple of you guys out there. And... Uh, how many have actually been wounded in a war? You've been in, wounded in a war, okay. And so when we think about all of these wounds and all of these different hurts physically, uh, most of us, you were probably went to a doctor, you probably went to a hospital. Uh, however it was, they found a remedy to help heal some of those wounds and some of those hurts. Obviously, if you had surgery, uh, you didn't get it done at home. You got it done by a doctor, right? And so in Exodus chapter 15, God describes himself after the people of God have come out of Egypt. He calls himself there Jehovah Rapha, which means I am the God that heals. And in Psalms 147, he said, God heals the broken and bandages 
their womb. And so today what I want to talk about is the healing power of God. Now I know when we talk about healing and we talk about God healing your body, most of us are always talking or thinking about the physical body, the outside, the, the things that we've been wounded on as far as uh, what I was talking about, a broken bone or, or a cut or some kind of a surgery. And I believe that God is the God that heals those things. But I also want to talk about our are internal wounds because sometimes internal wounds can become eternal wounds. In other words, they never heal. We've heard that saying, uh, time heals all things, and that can be very deceiving. I believe in time, uh, it does help us uh, relieve us of the present uh, uh, pain, but many times time does not heal everything. And this is why I believe God is the healer of internal wounds that we have. Hidden wounds, maybe memories and hurts and recollections of the past, those things that still cause us pain, maybe memories of abandonment, maybe memories of some kind of abuse, maybe memories of some kind of ridicule that happened in your life, maybe some severe criticism or hatred towards you or prejudice. I grew up in an area where there was a lot of prejudice. I remember uh, uh, having to almost every day after school where I went to school, there was a lot of prejudice and almost had to run home after school because of, of racism that was there. So I understand that type of thing. Maybe there's been some emotional abuse that have taken place in your life, some sexual abuse. Uh, that has taken place in your life. And these things uh, begin to be wounds that are internal. And uh, most of us would say, well, where does all this take place? And I'm here to tell you, everywhere. We live in a society today that almost nothing is sacred. Uh, things take place in home. Things take place uh, from even family members and friends and neighbors and wherever you're at, uh, in the schoolyard, in the neighborhood. And I've been pastoring quite a long time, over 30 years, and I'm going to just say this to all of you that are here. I've learned two truths about people and about life. Everybody has an internal wound, at least one. Many people have multiple internal wounds that have happened and they're masking it and they're covering it up. There's these emotional scars. Can I preach this morning? Yes. I'm going to get a little deep this morning because I believe today that there needs to be greater healing, not so much on the outside, although I believe we're going to pray for you if you're sick in your body, but I believe most of our sickness and most of our pain and most of our hurts and most of our wounds are internal. They're inside. There are scars of things that have happened to us. And I've learned that those scars take longer to heal than outside scars. Internal scars, emotional scars take a lot longer. I've talked to people that have gone to the Vietnam War, people that have gone to the Gulf War, have come back from a war of some type, and they say their bodies may heal from the war, but the internal scars of the war, the emotional scars have taken a lot longer to heal. 
And I'm here to tell you the good news is Jesus wants to heal all of your wounds. I said Jesus wants to heal all of your wounds. He is Jehovah Rapha who wants to heal today. So how does he do that? How does God heal those things and those recollections from the past and those memories of things that have happened to us emotionally, those things that have happened to us even physically that have have caused some emotional scars in our lives? How do we do it? So number one, again, last week I talked about the ABC. Not going to be part really the ABC, but I would say the A today is that we have to admit that we're hurt. So write that down. You have to admit you're hurt. See, a lot of us, we walk around and we have all these internal wounds, but we won't admit it. We won't say anything. We won't be honest. And you have to learn how to be honest about what's going on in your life in order to get healed. Psalm 39 verse 2 said this, I kept very quiet because I became even more upset and I became very angry inside and as I thought about it, my anger burned. He's saying I'm holding on to these hurts and it's like carrying hot coals inside of me that are basically burning. These things have caused me to get anger, angry or they've, I've allowed them to fester inside and I'm pushing that hurt inside. I'm pushing it deeper, not getting rid of it. Right. What happens with these wounds is we make it worse. You work yourself up. There's a lot of people, the reason why many of you, not all the time, but the reason why you're in constant fatigue is because you have this, uh, you're spending this emotional energy on resentment and you're angry and you're holding grudges and you're mad at things and that's why you're so tired all the time. Psalm 32, 3 says, uh, when I kept things to myself, I felt weak deep inside me, and I moaned all day long. See, we live in a sinful world. I'm just going to be honest with you. We live in a very broken world, and people abuse other people. I have no doubt in this room, in a room this size, I have no doubt in my mind today that there are people that you've been abused in some way or another. Maybe when you were a child, maybe when you were young. And one of the things that we try to do is we, tr- we think the healing is we'll just try to forget it all, get it out of sight, out of mind, and that's, that's how we're gonna do it. Yeah. That's how we're gonna get healed. Yeah. Or many of what people do is they run from the hurt. They run from the pain. And their way of escape is drugs. Their way of escape is alcohol. Their way of escape is, you know, go get loaded and go get involved with people and go from one bed to another. Or people, what they try to do, they begin to try to ignore it. Or perhaps try to blame other people for what's happened in their life. And so they cover it up. And many people feel guilty. They feel ashamed. They push it down. And I want to just give you a few steps here to allow the healer, Jehovah Rapha, to heal your soul. Is that all right? Again, step one is to admit it. Be honest about your pain. 
Be honest about what's going on in your life. Otherwise, what happens is I've talked to people and they become resentful. They become bitter. And all you have to do is say something. It triggers something and they lash out on you. They're not lashing out on you. They're lashing out because they're in pain and they're wounded from some things that have happened in their past. And you triggered something when you said that. And that's why they're so angry. That's why they're so mad. I wrote this down. The revealing of a feeling is the beginning of healing. You like that? How many remember this song? Right now and forevermore. This love I have for you, baby, just grows and grows. I'm confessing a feeling. I love you. I love you. You remember that song? You guys remember that song? Oh, you guys, you guys, come on. You know that song. I thought thinking about that song, I'm confessing a feeling. You know, there's healing in that. When you're confessing what's happened in your life, when you've confessed to God the internal things that are happening in your life, there's three people you need to be honest with. Write this down. Number one, you need to be honest with yourself. If you're going to allow Jehovah Rapha to heal your body, You've got to admit, man, I'm hurting. Maybe you're ashamed of a few things that have happened in your life. Man, you need to be honest with yourself. Number two, you need to be honest with God. And Psalm 142 said, my, with my voice, I cry out to God. With my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. This guy's basically venting. He's telling God everything. Do you realize you're, you're being honest with God, but he already knows? In fact, God saw what was going on, and it was his grace that sustained you to keep you going. You may think, well, God didn't help you, or God wasn't with me, but I'm here to tell you God has helped you. That's why you're here today. And the grace of God was there. So you need to be honest with God. And number three, you need to be honest with somebody else. Yes. The book of James talks about uh, come before the elders, you know, and for healing. And then it talks about confessing your sin or confessing even your hurts to someone else brings healing in your body. This is why Job, in Job 18.4, you are only hurting yourself with your anger. So you have to be willing today, if you're going to allow Jehovah Rapha to heal you, you got to be willing to tell somebody else. So here's what many of us do. I'll tell God, and it just be between me and God. But I'm telling you, when you begin to tell someone else and let them pray for you, and you begin to allow yourself to be vulnerable. And again, I, somebody you trust, not just anyone that's going to put it on Facebook the next day. I'm talking about someone you can trust, someone that you can confine in, someone that you know is genuine and cares about your life. They're willing to pray for you and believe God for you. I'm telling you, that's when the healing process takes place. That's when Jehovah Rapha gets involved. Number two, you got to release those who have hurt you. 
You got to be willing to release them. And here's the, the thing about releasing people because most of us say, well, you know, they don't deserve uh, for me to forgive them. They don't deserve for me to release them. I, I, you know, you're never going to get well if you continue to hold resentment. A lot of us have a lot of emotion going on. And we don't realize the amount of energy that's taking up space in your life. Getting even will not take away the pain. Some of you have done that. Oh, I got even. Did it take away the pain? No, the hurt's still there. And when we talk about forgiving or releasing, what happens is we say, well, they don't deserve to be forgiven. I didn't say they deserve to be forgiven. I didn't say that. I said, you need to forgive them because you deserve to be healed. And the only way you're going to be healed is when you learn to release and to forgive that person. Stop torturing yourself. Let Jehovah Rapha come in and heal your soul. See, as long as you're stuck in the past, as long as you're holding resentment, you're not going to be healed. It's going to control your life. It's going to control the rest of your life, and that internal wound is going to be an eternal wound in your life. I was reading an article just last night, and it's an older article, but... It came out in University of California, Berkeley, and they listed it as the article, uh, the article said, the new science of forgiveness. And this one guy had dedicated his career, this is a scientist, on the study of forgiveness, and he said this, he's found that it carries tremendous health and social benefits when you learn to forgive. And he outlined this one story, and you can hear this guy's testimony, not right now, but after church if you want to hear it. This guy's name is Chris Carrier. I don't know if we can have his picture up there. And uh, Chris, Chris Carrier was 10 years old when he was abducted near his home in Florida. He was taken into the swamps. He was stabbed repeatedly in the chest and abdomen with an ice pick. Uh, he was shot through the temple with a handgun. And remarkably, after being shot, he woke up with a headache, not able to see out of one eye. A farmer found him and took him to the hospital. Two decades later, when his attacker finally confessed, instead of seeking retribution, Carrier, now a Christian, shared the gospel with his attacker. He went to the hospital and comforted his attacker during the man's final weeks of life and ultimately forgave him, bringing both of them peace. Now, many of us, says Chris Carter's act of forgiveness might seem unfathomable, an act of extreme charity, or we would even say foolish, Indeed, our culture, it said, seems to perceive forgiveness as a sign of weakness, submission, or both. But a new line of research suggests something different. This research has shown that Chris Carrier's story isn't an anomaly. Forgiveness isn't just 
practiced by saints or mortals, nor does it benefit only its recipients. Instead, studies are finding connection between forgiveness and physical, mental, and spiritual, and evidence that plays in a key role in the health of families, communities, and nation. This is a secular article. This was not a Christian article. And as you can see, he grew up, he's still blinded from one eye, and he literally said that he had no problem forgiving his attacker. He literally said, because he'd been forgiven, he can give forgiveness to someone else. You can take that picture down. What I want to say to you is scientists are finally figuring out what the Bible said 2,000 years ago. See, a lot of us today, if you'll just read the word of God and you'll see what God's word is trying to tell you, many of us uh, we don't realize that God's word is the truth. And it's to your benefit. I've said this before. Most of us rather learn from experience than instruction. But God prefers you to learn from instruction than experience. See, a lot of us today don't realize that God's giving you the ability by his grace to forgive someone. Why should I forgive? <clears throat> because God forgave you. Romans 12 says this, never pay back evil for evil, never avenge yourself, leave that to God, for he has said that he will repay those that deserve it. In other words, let God settle the score and how he settles it. Let, leave, it leave that in God's hands. Whatever that may be, that's not to you, for you to try to settle this score. Psalm 56, 8 says, you, God, have kept record of all of my tears. So all the times that you were in pain, all the times that you were hurting, all the times that, that you were dealing with things in your life, every tear that you shed, God has kept good record of every tear. He knows the hurt. He knows the pain. Nothing has slipped the watchful eye of God. And so why do we hold on to resentment? Can I tell you why many times people hold on to resentment? It's kind of really kind of a twisted thinking. The reason why many people hold on to hurt is because if they don't remember it, they think it's going to be forgotten. So it can't be forgotten. Otherwise, the accuser or the attacker gets away with it. Can I tell you, no one gets away with anything. And God keeps good record. And you are spending this emotional energy trying to get back at someone when you don't realize today that you're actually hurting yourself. Can I tell you, there's someone that's very familiar with abuse, very familiar with hurt. His name is Jesus. He was more abused than any of us could ever imagine. The Bible says this, though, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23. When Jesus suffered, he did not threaten to get even. He left his case in the hands of God. 
Think of all the wounds that Jesus endured before the cross or on the cross. He had a head wound. He had face wounds. He had back wounds. His hands were wounded. Nails went through there. His feet were wounded. They stuck a spear to his side. He had all of these wounds. But can I tell you, the deepest wounds that Jesus carried that day was the uh, 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 wounds of rejection, wounds of abuse, wounds of betrayal. Wounds of of uh, of hurt and injustice and all of these things, and yet Jesus, one of the first things that he did when he was on the cross, he said, "Father, forgive them," because he knew that healing takes place when you release it and you forgive others. Can you say Amen? Half of you are clapping, but that's okay. Why should I forgive those who've hurt me? Number one, because God's forgiven you. Number two, it's because you're going to need more forgiveness in the future. Number three, it's the only way you're going to get well. The only way you're going to be healed. You want Jehovah Rapha. You want it just to declare. I declare Jehovah Rapha healing. And you say, you're going to walk out healed. Yes. But you don't, you don't want to participate. You got to admit it and you got to release it. You got to let go of the resentment. You got to follow these steps that I'm telling you today because I can declare Jehovah Rapha all day long over you. I can pray and lay my hands on you. I can put my handprint on your forehead. That's not going to change anything. Am I right? You've got to take steps and you've got to begin to do some things in order to be healed because resentment poisoned everybody, not just you, everyone around you. There are innocent people that are poisoned by your resentment. There are innocent people that begin to, uh, basically, they get around you and they're recipients of your resentment. If you don't release that person who offends you, you'll begin to resemble that person. You say, well, how do I, what do I do? You know, I, 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 I want to get rid of, you know, uh, you know, I can't stop. You know, I need to forgive. I don't want to forgive my mom or my dad. And we keep focusing on these people instead of releasing them. You'll begin to re- resemble the very people that abused you. And this is where bitterness carries on from one generation to another. I've seen it in families. One bitter person doing it, it carries on to their children because mom and dad are resentful. They're mad. They're upset. And it goes on to their children. And you're wondering why the poison? Why your family's this way? Because you've carried this resentment. You've not let it go. You've not released it to God. You've not allowed Jehovah Rapha to heal you. How many remember the old tape recorders? Remember the tape recorders? Come on, you know that. You would sing in them and all that stuff. And, and I, I remember the tape recorders, you know, when you would, you know, tape record yourself. And then they had a little microphone. And, and man, it was, it, it, I think they actually had at one point, a, what was it a dictaphone? A dictaphone, is that what it called it? With it's a little handheld thing and it had little tapes in it. Uh, I think, I don't know what to call it. But anyway, there were like mini, mini tapes. And uh, you can, you can, you know, a lot of, back then it was, uh, 
I think it was the journalist that had the, the little tape recorders, and I think they call it dictaphones, I think is what they called it. But anyway, uh, you could record these uh, things. But think about, you know, I, I remember years ago I had some cassette tapes, and I got this cassette player to try to play some of the cassette player, and it was kind of distorted. I mean, after years and years, you, the, the message doesn't play that well. In fact, uh, you, you can't even hear the whole message. That's how some of our memories, and that's how some of the things that we remember, they become distorted in your mind now. And when you replay the old tapes in your mind, they're not even clear anymore. It's not even the shame anymore. You've distorted the, the messages. Uh, the, you revisit the old hurts and the old pain, and now it's even more distorted than it was. We have to replace the old tapes and replace them with God's truth. Can you say amen? You got to begin to replace them with the truth of God. If you want Jehovah Jireh to heal you, you got to get rid of those old tapes and replace them with God's truth. God's truth and get rid of the lies. We're listening to faulty, faulty things and things that are faulty data, I should say. Things that are just wrong. And we're wondering, man, why we are doing the things we do. Why we function the way we function. Why we think about ourselves the way we see ourselves. All of these things because we have these old tapes uh, running through our mind. Maybe there was someone in your life that, uh, someone of authority, someone that you respected, but, but now uh, these people called you names. They called you dumb. They called you ugly. They called you all these things, and you grow up believing it. You grow up believing these things, all this name-calling in the neighborhood where I grew up, it was all kinds of names. You, everybody had bad nicknames, too. And they'd call you all kinds of The moment you came out of the hood, they were going to call you all kinds of stuff. And if you, if you made a mistake, oh, man, they would, you'd, you had to live by that. I mean, they would repeat that story over and over. Remember when you did this? Remember when you did that? What an idiot you are. What an idiot. What a fool you are. I mean, it was, it was brutal, man. Brutal. There was no filter. And you grew up believing it. That's why a lot, I think a lot of those guys in the hood uh, couldn't come out of it because they believed a lot of the lies. Just a bunch of name calling by adults and by their parents and people uh, that they respected. Romans 12, 2, the only way you're going to replace the old tape with truth, you've got to believe God's word. It said, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The Bible says, as the man thinks in his heart, so is he. You got to begin to allow God truth. What God says about you is what matters. Not what people said about you, not what their opinion was. Uh, man, if you want God to heal those old memories in the past, you've got to begin to fill it with God's word and what God's word has to say about you. God says you're his son, you're his daughters, you're kings and priests, you belong to him. You've got to begin to replace that with the word of God. The Bible says this in Ephesians 1.4, through what Christ would do for us, God decided to make us holy in his eyes without a single fault, not even one, it's saying, 
We stand before him covered with his love. So the way God looks at you, now that you are in Christ, he doesn't see all the bad things you've done. He doesn't see all the things that happened in your life. The Bible says he redeems you. You get to start over again. You become his son and daughter. You become one of his. His love covers you without a single fault. How many thank God for that? They say psychologists have proven over and over, even this is not even the word of God, but it says the way you see yourself, your self-esteem, your self-worth is largely determined by what you think the most important person in your life thinks about you. So in other words, the way you think the most important people in your life think about you determines your self-esteem. So maybe you've given credibility and you've given power to the wrong people. Maybe the most important person in your life ought to be Jesus, Jehovah Rapha, and what he thinks about you will change the whole dynamic about your life. But we say, well, what my mom thought about me, what my dad thought about me, what this person, and you're giving them all the power. And so because of what you think they think about you, basically affects your self-esteem. It affects uh, how you do things. Your, 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 everything about you is causing all this insecurity. And, and, and they, they're saying you're worthless, but Jesus said you're the most valuable person on earth. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son just for you. So the Bible says over and over that God's truth is what matters. Let God be true and every man a liar. Really, at the end of the day, it's God's truth that prevails. I said, I'm going to believe the truth of God. I don't, I'm not going to believe what people say. I'm not going to believe their opinion. I don't care what Facebook says. I don't care what all these people say. I care what God says. He's the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Number four, write this down. If you're going to move forward and be healed of all of these wounds in your life, you want Jehovah Rapha to begin to heal you, you got to focus on the future and not the past. There's a lot of people today, you're not moving forward because you keep looking backwards. Remember Lot's wife? She kept looking back. Or she looked back once and that's it. She turned into a pillar of soul. We're, we're, we, become, we become this pillar of salt. We become this place where we're stuck and we can't move forward because you're looking backwards. And you're not looking ahead. There are many of us today and there's many therapies today, and I'm not putting down therapy, but sometimes this therapy, all they make us do is go into our past, and we, but, but we never get healed to move forward. And it takes us deeper, deeper down these rabbit holes of our past and all of these things, and it never teaches us that, that you know what, we can't change our past, but we can change our future because God changes our future, and he redeems us. How many can say Amen. amen. Job said that this way in Job chapter 11, verse 13, it says, put your heart right, reach out to God, and face the world again, firm and courageous. This is, this is Job. Then all your troubles will fade away from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. 
So again, I want to just say to you, many of us will say, well, it's saying that my memories are going to fade away, that I'm not going to remember. Actually, with the scripture, if you really read what it's saying, none of us are going to forget. You're never going to forget everything. But you're not going to ha- it's not going to have the power to keep you back anymore. We're going to remember a lot of things. But the pain and the bondage it's not going to be there. Are you with me? We have several testimonies in our, in our YouTube. If you want to go to our YouTube channel, Reach Church Paramount, and we have what we call My Story, and we have several testimonies of people in this church, and some of these testimonies will tell you about, they'll share about their past. They'll share about what happened. And so it's very clear that they remember their past, but the past doesn't have the power that it did before. The pain and the hurt is not the same. Yeah, it's painful to think about it, but to know that, man, I'm not living there anymore. God's done something in my life, and I can look forward to the future. Can you say Amen. So if you want Jehovah Rapha to heal you, you got to start looking forward. You got to face the world. You got to stop looking backward. My past is not my future. I said my past is not my future. God telling me today that I don't have to repeat the past, but I have a future in God. I was listening to several Testimonies in my story yesterday happened to be watching uh, Becca Garcia's testimony, and it's very similar to the story that I shared. She actually went back. Um, I know I'm, it's a spoiler alert, but you need to go, you need to listen to it. But she actually goes back to the person that abused her, and she actually goes back to the hospital and offers forgiveness, and it was part of her healing. And I'm here to tell you today that we, if we're going to look and move forward. We got to forget our past, amen, and let go of the past in order to move forward. Can you say amen? Amen. Proverbs 4.25 says, look straight ahead with honest confidence. Don't hang your head in shame. All of us today, many of us, you've been hurt, you've been wounded. You carry this pain, you carry this wound. And I'm here to tell you today, you don't spell relief by drugs and alcohol and sex, you spelled relief, J-E-S-U-S. His name is Jesus today. He's the healer today. He's the healer. And every person in this room, those that are on this platform, all of us, including myself, Jehovah Rapha healed our soul. He healed our mind. We've all had internal wounds that God had to heal. I could tell you all the different things in my life of words that were said to me, things that were said that were just lies that I believed for a long time. And Jehovah Rapha had to heal those things. Things that were said by people close to me, relatives, just the way we grew up, just wrong things to say, things that I said to people, things that you said to people. And thank God, Jehovah Rapha, he's the healer. Can you say amen? We don't live in the past. God wants to heal you today. Not only your physical body, but he wants to heal your mind and your soul. He wants to move you from the past to going, moving forward. How do you know that you've been healed? Can I just tell you one evidence, and you could just write it down. 
just write this down because I think it's going to help you. When you reach out to help others from what God delivered you from, that's when you know you've been healed. That's called ministry. When you can utilize what God healed you from and you can testify about it and you can help someone else that's going through what you went through, that's a picture of God healing your life. When you can reach out to others. There's someone in here, I can tell you, whatever pain you've gone through, whatever you've gone through in your life, I can tell you there are probably several people in this room that have gone through what you've gone through. I'm not belittling what you've gone through. I'm not saying it's not significant. I'm just here to tell you that you're not the only person. That there are other people in this room that have gone through what you've gone through and maybe even worse than you've gone through. And they can pray for you and they can minister to you and they can testify to you that Jehovah Rapha lives up to his name. I said he lives up to his name today. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you today. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.